We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the old Mr. Rumbles. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, coming to you uh, with an apology on my lips. Um, very sorry that we, we took a week off last week, but you know shit happens. And uh, you might you might be thinking to yourself, wow, Justin doesn't sound as good as usual. You know, it's not that studio audio quality that I'm used to uh, from the Land Sharks After Dark studio in Jackson. Yep, you, you, you nailed it. Um, things are a little bit different this week. We're a little, uh, out of sorts and that's maybe also related to why we didn't have an episode last week, but Hey, like John said before the show, we're a gritty podcast. Um, we're going to get our lunch pails. We're going to put on our hard hats. We're going to go to work. Um, we're not going to take two weeks off in a row. We just said, we got to get on the line. We got to get the content out to the people. So we're here ready to talk. I got my co-host John Stefanczyk, as I mentioned, um, we're going to hear from him in a second. I'm going to go ahead and intro our guest since we were just talking before, uh, on the line, a repeat offender, I would say, uh, someone that's joined us many times to uh, to great success. We got Austin Miller. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing good. I'm just saving off the flu. The weather's been very bipolar here. It was negative one degree this time last week. It got it up to like in the 60s. Now it's back into the 20s. So that's really cold. Well, we can't talk yeah. about weather without asking John, what's it like right now <laughs> in New Hampshire? Well... First of all, we're we're 500 the past couple of weeks doing a podcast, just like Andy Kennedy. So shout out to AK. This final season. In baseball, we'd be the greatest of all time. I'm just gonna say. Hey, hey, Justin, we took this, but you but you took the show on the road, there, right? You're getting it done on the road. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I this the defense travels, as they say, and they also say podcast. You know, if you're good at it, you can do it anywhere. So we're te- we're putting that to the test this week. Busy last week. Um, the New Hampshire weather report, sponsored by our friends at Friday Rolling. We have, <laughs> we have a. a did you Did you hear pit. them? Do I think they did an impression of the weather report? Did you hear that? Yeah, so I have I, heard. It. I was catching up on Friday Rolling last. Week. I, flew, I was traveling for work, flying to Indy Friday, uh, Monday night. Get up, drive two hours from Indy to Effingham, Illinois, which is the middle of nowhere, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, the crossroads of America, if you're... If That's you gotta, flyover country. Flyover country, yeah. It's between California and Massachusetts, so of course it's flyover country. Right. Anyway, so it's it's negative one. I'm going down I-70, and I'm listening to this, and then they're talking about how it's, you know, it's almost as cold as New Hampshire on there. I'm like, good grief, guys. This is hilarious. So. <laughs> no, you can tell, you know, they're, they're great guys. They're working really hard on the show, and I, I got to say, you can tell they're big fans of our show, so... It's they only, mention every podcast. Exactly. It's only fair that uh, that we have a reciprocal relationship. Again, if you don't, if you're not already subscribed, go check out the Friday Rolling Boys. 
They appreciate we it. We should bring them on for the recruit. For, we should invite them. They can choose whether to accept or not for the uh, signing day extravaganza. For sure. Like we should do it. Maybe maybe we should have like a little synergy segment or something. Let them come on and we maybe we should do one of their segments, something like that. We'll talk about it with them. But uh, I think we've also already committed. For sure, during football season, we're going to chat Auburn week with Kent and uh, get a little friendly shit-talking going, perhaps. Yeah. Um, we're going to have eating prayer circles in that game. Yes. So. Yes. That, yeah. we, that should be the name of our podcast is the prayer circle. I just, I'm just not realizing this. Prayer circle <laughs> of the week. That should be a segment. Ab- absolutely. Bible right. verse of the week. Wait, so did you actually give us the weather report? I missed it. Um, he got a Winston mix, had a little little film of ice, and went getting on the car tonight. It's uh, but actually, it's been mild. Been in the forties up here. It was forty-seven nice. yesterday. It was a very nice day. T-shirt, medium jacket, jeans. Walk around, enjoy beautiful. It, so. Beautiful. Well, uh, the reason we got Austin on, even though we always would love to have Austin on the show, uh, a lot of great insights there. But uh, Austin happened to be in attendance. Oh at Bob Walton Arena this past Saturday when Ole Miss fell to the Razorbacks. I'm 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 gonna say like ninety seven, ninety four ish. It was it was four I, points. It was four points because like there was a free throw at the end that okay. gave the two possession game. Yeah. I mean it was eh, it wasn't great for Ole Miss, but at the same it time was, they scored a lot. It's just it, it, Arkansas was so hot. And obviously I'm gonna get your thoughts Austin some of those there. But for to me Arkansas was so hot from three in the first half. It kind of set a, a, a scoring pace. And Ole Miss was never really able to catch up. And obviously, uh, the fact that they have some very competent big men uh, is a serious problem for Ole Miss, who who lacks in that area other than Bruce Stevens. But what what, what did you see being there in Bud Walt at Austin? What was that experience like? Um, the first half was was kind of a disaster, to put it mildly, because yeah. it felt like Ole Miss was going to get run out of the gym. They were down, I think, 14, 16, 18 points there in the first half. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this going to turn into like one of those, like, 30-point routes, you know, type type deals. But, I mean, Obolmus was a completely different team in the second half. Made it close. They had their chances. They just couldn't make enough – couldn't get enough stops. And they had some bad turnovers there at the end of the second half. But, yeah, that first half was, was a disaster. Terrence Davis played really well the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Probably that was probably one of the big points. And the other point was uh, Brian Tyree getting a second foul and then a third foul, the technical. That kind of that kind of set the tone, too, there in the first half, along with Arkansas kind of hitting everything. But yeah, that, 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 the, technical was, that technical was rough. Because um, you could see where Brian was coming from, but uh, at the same time. Yeah, you just got to – but you got to know, you pick up your second foul, you can't really get a third well, foul. Well, also, also, like, have they ever changed a call because a player complained? Like, no, that doesn't happen. No. You got to be realistic. Uh, what were the? Yeah. But yeah, that first half was 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 pretty rough. Mm-hmm. How are the like Arkansas I, like, fans? Like, like which I, you're you're I one of, a, right? You are also an Arkansas fan. Yes, but I was wearing Ole Miss stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, what, all right. How doing wearing an Ole Miss shirt at that game? Lol. What? Austin, what, what the hell are you doing wearing an Ole Miss shirt? I thought you were a Razorback fan. Because I'm supporting the team. I'm supporting AK. You you tri- This is your tribute to AK. Yes, I can support that. Yeah. Now, now that being that being said, I've yet to see Ole Miss beat Arkansas in attendance since I've lived here. I've been to a football game and now a basketball game, and they've lost both. So maybe I'm the problem. No, I think Ole Miss is solidly uh, the problem. Because 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 uh, baseball, yeah, baseball came here because baseball came here in the spring, and, I, and Ole Miss either won two out of three or swept, and I didn't go to any of those games. Hmm. 
Well, now you're making an interesting point. No, but I think John brings up something that we absolutely must talk about. This Jeff Vitter, Clarion Ledger information. I mean, do you want to talk about it, John? You know what I'm talking about? The article about Andy Kennedy's contract? Yeah, he had a quote and he claimed that, like, basically uh-huh. AK chose not to roll his contract over, which is the stupidest thing. Like, it also... Like, Offered him four years with a low and a buyout. raise. He said AK turned down a raise to keep a higher buyout. Come on. That also that also seems like a very convenient thing to say now, given right. kind of how the season is. Jeff Vitter is fake news. I can't believe we haven't taken him out yet. We got, I need to go get a quote on that. Put it on the to do list. But <laughs> come on. Okay. All right. All right. Let's throw some. Uh, we know who to there. call. We just need to. Dear <laughs> God. All right, we, this is all tongue-in-cheek. Of course. The, uh, this is a satirical for podcast. Ru- for the Russians hacking this, so <laughs> we need to calm down. That'd be awesome. I, I wish uh, that, that – dang it, I for, the Internet Agency, that's the name of the uh, like the Russian hacker group that the government props up. I, I wish they would take an interest <laughs> in us. That would be so cool if like Russian bots started pushing our podcast like somehow – we accidentally aligned. I mean, would it be that crazy if Russian interests wanted Andy Kennedy in power? I don't think so. I mean, he to, he looks like an enforcer to me. <laughs> he dresses like an enforcer. Andy yes, Kennedy. he wears suits like a Russian mobster. When was Jeff Vitter hired? Hang on here. I think I just said I just invented. Okay, so Jeff Vitter was right, been hired. It was, right before, it was like right before the Sugar Bowl because I remember his yeah. big. Yeah, that was his first day. I'm thinking Jeff Vitter. I'm thinking Ole Miss is losing to Arkansas is, um, is is a curse of Jeff Vitter. October 29th, 2015. So the next home game after Jeff Vitter was named chancellor was fourth and 25. Oh shit! Absolutely. Haven't haven't beaten Arkansas in football since. Yeah. Exactly. Oh damn! Swooped in and stole Jeff Vitter, and Arkansas is taking it out on the playing field. Wait, so is Jeff Vitter maybe a uh, like a, a a deep cover Arkansas Razorback agent here? I mean, Austin would know as part of the that network. Do you have an algorithm designed to do that? Right. Yeah. I, I do not. Maybe maybe the people up north of Benville do. Right. Sure. Sure. That would make sense. I mean, that's where the seat of power is for sure. Oh man. I mean, so. Obviously, I agree with John. I, I don't believe that Andy Kennedy turned down a contract extension that he knew was going to, if he didn't get it, be an optical problem. We've been led to believe that you know that hurt his recruiting last year, uh, as well as a raise just to keep a higher yeah, buyout. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't buy the raise. Because, I mean, just know, seeing what AK says and like how he kind of conducts himself, it seemed like he would, you know – Take the increase because he's not he he doesn't think he's gonna get fired. Like right. why would you not take the raise? It's very it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I mean I I don't know why, but I think he's lying, Jeff Vitter. I think he's lying. It also doesn't make sense why you even say that. Yeah, like I don't understand like why you volunteer. I'm that. super confused because at this point, like you said, Austin, at this point in the season, um, a lot of close losses, um, well outside the tournament picture. I mean, honestly, Vitter is looking more like the smart one in this whole situation. I know that's – I would never accuse Jeff Vitter of being competent. Don't worry. But I'm just saying, you know, you, it, even if you you partially are responsible for hamstringing the season, you're looking like, okay, you didn't extend a coach that's going to come out and continue, you know, another mediocre season. 
you have all the power here. Why are you now choosing to go to the Clarion Ledger and be like, well, actually, I tried to get him on a longer contract. Like, it's it's all so fishy. It's super strange. Yeah. My, my, one of my main takeaways when I first saw the quote was he's kind of positioning himself to be the good guy, positioning AK to be the bad guy, because why didn't he take that raise? You know, that's right. kind of seems kind right. of what he maybe he Maybe might. he was getting some heat from the, the McCready bots, the people that, you know, take whatever they say over on Rebel Grove, uh, you know, 100% on face value. And just, in, you know, Neil McCready is a good friends with Andy Kennedy, allegedly. I, mean, I have no idea. It just seems like it from their interactions. Um, you know, maybe maybe he was getting heat from those guys and felt like he had to go defend himself. Jeff Vitter, I have no idea. It's very strange. Why is he talking to the Clarion liar? <laughs> he's not like a safe, he's not like a safe fan, John. I mean, agree. Yeah, but it's also interesting. It's also interesting, like why is Vitter so caught up in like those kind of specifics? You know, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, now we're just getting into. <laughs> unexplainable Jeff Vitter comments, and I'm now I'm just thinking about when he when he said in the NCAA report that Ole Miss has a booster problem uh, and all that stuff. It's just why why are you saying any of this stuff? Why, why are you talking? Just I forgot shut that up. he said Ole had a what? I, yes, that just, is, just shut up. Just shut your mouth. That's all you have to do. Or cause fourth and twenty five. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. Um, Jeff and 25? Is that what we're calling it now? Jeff and 25? <laughs> Prove that he didn't. Jeff and 25. He made, he made uh, who's that? Who's the freaking lineman Austin? Dan Skipper. He made yeah, Skipper. Dan Skipper tip it back to Alex. That was Jeff Fitter. I mean, I haven't heard a better explanation for why 4th and 25 happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the season as a whole. Kind of touched on a little bit. Like I said, we, we've taken a couple weeks off, missed several basketball games. There was a big win over Florida, um, a close loss at Texas A&M. Uh, Brian Tyree's buzzer beater went in and came out to lose the game. Uh, a fairly close loss at Arkansas, like I said, but I don't think Ole Miss ever led. Austin, you would be the mm-hmm. one who would know. I don't think they led. The, the, they had the ball. I think it was down four points with maybe like two, I think two they minutes. got it to within three in the last couple possessions, and then they pushed it back out to four, and I it just, was pretty much over. I kind of remember there being a decisive possession where Mark Canvas Hyman had the ball at the top of the key, and he turned it over, and it led the three points the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was yeah, there were several that were like that, where Ole Miss really had an opportunity, and instead, because Arkansas loves turning defense into offense. Uh, and overall, they looked like a much better roster than Ole Miss is. I mean, they had really talented. Gafford was a beast. Really inside. talented shooters, like, and then Gafford, the big man, is is really good. And that, he wasn't their only their only post player that was solid. I mean, if, if Ole Miss had half the post play that, that Arkansas was getting, I think they could be a lot better team. Um, yeah, this seems, this seems really missing Sebastian Saiz. Oh, big time, yeah. And, I mean, I mentioned Bruce Stevens, who is, you know, has a super bright future on this team, but he, he really needs, like, a, a rim-protecting center to play with him, and I think that would be a great formula. Um, I, and, and the funny part is, I think Ole Miss is really going to miss Mark Ambus Hyman next year. Um, is a player that's never really gotten much credit throughout his career at Ole Miss, and I mean probably deservedly. He's he's been a role player, but I don't I don't know who is going to give them those those block shots or that rim presence next year. I, I have no idea because it's it's not Dominico, it's not Dominic Olenichek, it's not Bruce Stevens, who is a, like I said a great player, more of a finesse guy, has a super soft shot, um, but he's not necessarily gonna you know, stuff people at the rim, um, and it's not useless for Manovich. So I don't really know. 
whoever the coach is next year, as I said a couple of days ago, I predict Andy Kennedy to be the coach. I don't think Vitter is going to pull the trigger on firing him, and I don't think Andy Kennedy is going to get a better job offer this season. Um, so if he is the coach, I, I don't know what the team looks like next year. Probably similar to this year, a whole bunch of guards and a, and a big lack of post play. Um, a lot of the same, but you're going to lose some good players. So not super optimistic at this point about the basketball program, whoever you want to blame. If you want to blame Vitter, you want to blame Kennedy, whatever. I mean, this year is, it has been so close. Three overtime losses at home. Um, I mentioned the the one point loss to A and M, the the four point loss to Arkansas. There they was, were up, they were up big on Auburn. Yeah, they were up a lot at the half. It probably, on Auburn. probably wasn't really sustainable, but they, I mean, they did lead. Yeah, by ten points. They dominated the first half against Auburn for sure. I mean, I I talked about that game and actually Kent from Friday Rolling, uh, I think maybe had a problem with the way I <laughs> talked about some Auburn fans in the context of that game. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. Um. I want to. I want to know what he thinks about the uh, line of thinking that Auburn is the alt right. Wait, did we did we get into that? Am I forgetting us talking about that? <laughs> or is that me? No, actually, I don't think it was you. It wasn't you and me, Sanders. I want to hear this though. Go ahead and lay it out for me if you would. Basically, well, just it's self-explanatory. Auburn is the alt right in terms of a fan base. If you had to put them in a political party, right, so is it because like, of the prayer circle, or are you, are you going somewhere else with this? No, I think he means he means Just like they want to. So let's let's say Alabama is like the Republican Party. Is that what we're getting at? And Auburn's Pretty, like we Neil Mc, we'll get Neil McMillan on here talking about this. Speaking <laughs> right. of Neil McMillan, shout out for getting a full time gig with Roger Wicker. So we'll go play Mississippi politics here next time he's on. Congratulations, yeah. uh, our good friend, good Neil. rebel Roger Wicker. He's good rebel. Okay, good rebel Neil McMillan. I'd say good rebel, a good husky. He went to Ole Miss. Good, good husky, Miss. Neil McMillan. Good rebel. Um, actually, that should be a segment going forward. Good rev of the week. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we've we talked about this in the past. Uh, we I also, think... we, were, we want to get their listeners to join us in a campaign. So the athletic department has started this. Uh, right. What is it? Fan, fan of the fan week. of the week. Yeah, I think with some well, someone from our extended universe needs to be the fan of the week. I think it should be Table Cobbleson. I mean, he does all those paintings. Yeah, he's he's of our guests. I think he's the best known in in Old Miss circles. Him or Paul, probably. He Maybe. painted DK pissing on the wall at Funky's. Like that should totally be yeah, a that's legit. And actually, speaking of Paul, I was hanging out with Table and Paul here in Jackson uh, this past weekend. And uh, I hope I'm not giving anything away, but uh, I think uh, there might be in the future a painting of DK Metcalf pissing on Paul is, uh, <laughs> is, is what was discussed on Saturday night, which would be freaking hilarious. How drunk was Paul? How many highlights did he have at that point? Yeah. Oh, man. It's too good. Um, all right. So, yeah, Table Cobbleson for Fan of the Week. Make it happen. Uh, you know, I know Michael Thompson's a listener. <laughs> I know Ross Bjork listens religiously, so guys, just just make this happen. Uh, shouldn't be that hard, honestly. He deserves it. Uh, we deserve it for being disillusioned fans that still make time, you know, sixty to seventy percent of weeks to to talk about this. I, I think that uh, deserves some sort of recognition. So you know, whether it's bringing Landshark's After Dark out uh, to the fifty yard line during an SEC game. Whether it's you know maybe like a, a box for a week or something like that, you know, just you were you guys were or even out. or even just a couple bricks, a couple bricks on the yeah on the wall. yeah 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 oh absolutely if we could get um like a brick that says Jeff and twenty five 
uh, <laughs> and then maybe maybe a a brick of the bear kissing Colonel Reb, something like that. Um, that would be great. And I think I don't think that's too much to ask. So we'll let you get on to that. Um, listeners, if you're wondering, this is kind of what happens on the show when we have pretty much no plan. And I think we're at like minute 10 or 15 now, and we're completely off the rails at this point, but, uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Austin? You've got a time. We can, we can talk about me still being salty and jaded and all those things from the last year's Super Bowl and. And, bo- and pretty much boycotting the um, yeah. champion the championship games. And- yeah, we should definitely talk about last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> One of the millions of Americans not watching the NFL because ratings are down another ten plus percent this year. So, mm-hmm. but still kicking kicking the ass of college ratings for sure. You know, college ratings at least held flat. The NBA seems to be kind of where everything's. They've hit the balance of like hit millennial and entertainment for. People that do and don't care. I think NBA yeah. is still lacking a viable red zone of its own. I know that they have one, but no one. I don't know anyone that really watches it. If there was a way to consume league-wide NBA like in a thirty to thirty minutes to an hour format a day, I think that would be great. Like there's there's so many great MLB shows like this. I'm sure there are basketball shows too. I just don't know what they are. But like during baseball season, I'll watch like. Uh, like first high, pitch. Yeah, high heat Edinburgh. or first pitch. I mean, there's a lot of shows that are like, here's what happened last night around around the leagues. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I would love – because I want to get more into the NBA, but there's so many games, so many teams. I mean, I know the superstars. You and know? also you know what the finals is going to be. Right, right. But, I, you know, I feel like I miss so much exciting basketball throughout the season just because I'm not following every team or even a specific team. But I agree with you, John. I mean, the NBA is crushing it in ratings. I think they, you know, their demo split of uh, of young people is really promising for the future. And also, you know, people don't die or you know kill themselves out of out of depression after they play in the NBA for ten years, like CTE causes. So I think that's probably good for the future of the sport. Yeah, it generally is. We got Rachel Nichols has her Daily Show. Rachel Nichols. Okay, I'll look into this. Do you know the what jump name of it? The jump. Okay. I DVR the jump every day and like skim through it. I said oh, I was gonna yeah? try to block here or pay a little more to it. Okay, this so. looks cool. Yeah, this looks cool. What what channel is the jump on? Is it on NBA TV? Oh, it's on ESPN, huh? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that sounds cool. I'll I will There's, look into that. Watch, watch some of the jump and come back and see what you think. Compared to <laughs> I will. I will. I will check that out. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that, Austin. Uh. You are, like John said, not that different from a lot of people that just don't care about the NFL or whatever. But we are here uh, in the playoff. Playoffs are over, actually. We're at the Super Bowl. Patriots. Or, at, or I mean, or as Patriots say, the season just started, probably. Exactly. I mean, can you guys believe it? A scrappy little team from Boston uh, in the Super Bowl for what? Only the how many times have they been, John? What, like only like 16 or something like that? The uh, tenth time in franchise history, the eighth time for Belichick and Brady. Okay, so tenth. It's a little engine that could. They they pretty much suck compared to Alabama. Um, yeah, so they they somehow made it in, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I'm gonna say, as someone not really a fan of any team, but most mostly a fan of the Jags, if I had to pick someone just because I have family there, as I talked about on the show before, thought the Jags did pretty well. 
They 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 could have won that game. That's it's not if if Tom Brady like wasn't more. the QB. I think if Garoppolo was the QB, I know he's not there anymore. But you know, just for possible other Patriot QB that's even been floated in the last several years, they had a really solid chance. Just pretty hard to beat Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, they needed like one more score there. Mm-hmm. And they could have they could have had a score if they hadn't blown the whistle on that fumble, right? Hey, you got to beat the refs too when you play New England. Oh yeah. 93 penalty yards. What do you think, John? What's the vibe up there in uh, in Pat's country? Business as usual. Go win another one, especially after a fake media ESPN tried to take down the team there in the bye week <laughs> with their story. So, uh, Brady heroically yeah. playing through his hand injury. I tell you what, though, Belichick is as excited as he was at the end of that game. I wonder... I mean, I think it was more than just him being happy for, hey, Matt Patricia's last game in Foxborough before he goes coaches the Lions or whatever. I I wonder if Belichick's looking at this going, you know what, let's just ride through this. If he wins a sixth Super Bowl, does he not just say, screw it, I'm out? It'd be pretty funny. Hey, him and Saban can switch places. Oh, that would be great. Oh, I'd love that. Okay, quick question. Uh, I know Austin's got to get out of here for for too much longer. Why does Belichick dress like he literally lives outdoors? I don't like, think did you can. did you see what he was wearing he... in the press conference though? It's just yeah. trolling. I agree, he's trolling. But who is he troll? <laughs> I guess he's trolling me. But it's just like it's head scratching. <laughs> boggles the mind. He he looked like an actual homeless person. Yeah, Jedi mind tricks. That's what Belichick does. Oh God. Yeah, I guess so. All, All right, right, before I go, one yeah. question for you guys. Hit us up. Why should I watch the Super Bowl? Because um, maybe Eagles could win, right? Okay, how how deep into the game with the Eagles leading should I even consider the possibility that the Eagles are going to win? Like uh, 30 seconds left, up by two or three scores? With the, with the ball? With the ball. So here's the thing. I would actually be excited about this game if Carson Wentz hadn't gotten hurt. Because I, I actually liked Carson Wentz throughout the season. Um, I, I picked him up like a free agent in fantasy, ended up playing him over Cam Newton a lot of the time. Uh, I, I think he's a really fun talent. I, I just like rookie quarterbacks in general or first or second year quarterbacks. Um, but with Nick Foles playing quarterback, yes, he played really well. I mean, it's a kind of cool storyline, this perennial backup journeyman type player. Uh, could maybe you know win the Super Bowl and define his career that way, but I just I don't care that much. Then you add in the fact that Eagles fans are like some of the absolute worst in any sport. Um, like they're the Cinderella story, which is kind of weird. It's it's very strange, but I I do think I I don't know that much about the Eagles defense, um, but I think offensively they they compare pretty well to the Patriots. They they, could, they, could they did they did really well defensively against the Falcons, which knocked out my fan interest. Yeah. Well, sorry. Eagles, Eagles are exceptional line of scrimmage. I, I tell you, I think Doug Peterson's looking like he may be a, you know, I mean, I, he's going to get a chance to not really fly under the radar anymore from a head coaching perspective mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, but he's he's done a hell of a job coaching his team the past two weeks. And they're doing without Carson Wentz like we talked about. Right. Like, no, think it's, about how it's good crazy. I mean, if we think about it, Alshon Jeffrey is the type of receiver that can give New England problems. I mean, hell, Blake Bortles, if he could put a drive together at the end of the game, was one thing against uh, New England. Now, Gronkowski was out the second half, which made things a little a little different, but we'll see. I think the Eagles keep this, make this and keep this a game. 
I think the Pats have an average D that Foles could put yards on. The thing, though, is that you got to, against Brady, you just have to, you got to execute the last six minutes. You're going to have to take the ball and put it in the end zone, counter, all that good stuff. So we'll see. Maybe one of these days Brady will screw up and throw a pick with the game on the line at the end. Mm. That happens. But. That would be great. No, that, that's how he deserves to go out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, Austin. Well, uh, I don't want to keep you guys man. having me. Yeah, dude. Always. Always uh, great to have you on. It was great to hear some from someone that was there in the arena. He sent us a fun little video of uh, a typical Razorback fan sitting behind you, maybe taking some umbrage with the refs there. So uh, it, was, it was fun. It, especially when like I kind of like clapped intermittently during it. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, hey, Ar- Ole Miss comes to Arkansas for softball, so I'll have a softball report in the spring. Oh, thank so God. Yeah, I almost I, – I keep forgetting. Guys, softball season's almost here. Softball school. Let's all remind ourselves. Softball school. We won uh, the SEC. We won the freaking SEC. Um, all right. All right. Thank you, Austin. Uh, do you want to plug your Twitter account or anything before you hop off of here? Um, It's it's almost inactive, but it's at Austin K. Miller. I occasionally – um rant fan things it used to be like really good informed journalism now right. it's just kind you're of not a journalist thing. anymore so the fan no. rantings if you're listening to this podcast you clearly care about ranting fans so uh follow austin great guy great friend of the show thanks for coming on man uh we appreciate all right thank it. you guys all right have a good night mm-hmm. buddy all right john so now the question is what are we going to talk about because i feel like we already mostly exhausted our topics with uh our good friend austin here we did we never talked about the Saints debacle since we didn't record it. Oh God, it. yeah. Oh my God. Why don't you why don't you remind everybody how terribly that went? I was in Pittsburgh not this past weekend, the weekend before, visiting a former roommate of mine, grad school. He's doing his PhD at Carnegie Mellon. His fiance is doing her PhD at Pitt. That's cool. And we get back, I land at Logan, fourth quarter stars. I'm driving up 95. I got to pull. Up. I need to get gas. Pull over at Newberry Airport. Should have told the story with Austin back on. He's he's been to this exit when he took the bus up to come visit me. Mm-hmm. Sitting there for the last fifteen minutes, just listening to the last two minutes of this game. I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's over when Vikings don't have the ball, etc. I've been trained between Ole Miss and casually following the Saints over the years to wait for this, but. Right. I'm listening to the radio broadcast with Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, and they that play happens, and they just lose their minds and cannot explain what the hell happened. I mean, it was just – to me, it was classic Saints, really what it is. Now, the Vikings tried to choke it away, too. I mean, the Vikings are a very tortured franchise, and then they get mauled this past weekend. But the fact that they go in there – I mean, the Saints out Viking the Vikings, basically, which is classic Saints. But mm-hmm. – uh, it's kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, whatever. I mean, I, I was like, man, this, because I was kind of want, I was wanting Saints Pats to have right. some fun with it. That'd be good. And with Cooks and all, that'd be fun. But after three seconds, I was like, eh, whatever, I don't have to care anymore. So. It reminded me a lot of uh, the end of the national championship game where that Georgia DB just completely. You the safety just doesn't know with it. Yeah, and that's pretty much what happened at the end of that Vikings game. I mean, everybody probably saw the slow-mo where he's, like, coming in to make the hit, and he pulls himself out of it. I mean, the only logical explanation is that he thought he was there before the ball. He didn't want to get a pass interference call. I, I, I'm going to defend him because he he, he got there too early. And, and if he hits so? 
If he gets them, then it's pass interference. I mean, it's a smart. It's a smart play, probably. And if he commits pass interference, it's a spot foul. It's like a fifty-something yard. It's a fifty-four-ish yard kick from there. The guy's making that field goal, right? And so but lose it, the game. It's almost worse the way he lost it, though. I mean, I guess the real question is if you're the if you're the last man back playing safety there, do you just have to not be going in for that hit at that point? Do you have to have a little more control? I mean, really, the kind of the he was trying to go up there and break the play. Really, the thing to do would let him would have been to let him catch the ball because they didn't have any timeouts. Mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah, let him catch the ball and try to throw him down in bounds. And yeah. how much time was left at that point? I mean, time expired as he scored, right? Like, yeah, if, like if he, he had thrown him to the ground, the game should have been it would have been over. He catches the ball and he tackles him in bounds. The clock runs out because yeah, because it was like two or three seconds, and they, like you said, no timeouts. I mean, yeah, that's it's just so tough, man. I mean, I don't I don't play sports competitively, but I, and this is gonna sound lame, Austin, but I actually think it's very true. I don't play sports competitively, but I do play video games, and there are so many times where, in the heat of the moment, you make decisions that later you think, God, I'm so stupid for doing that, but it's just you don't have time to fully think about the situation and really think about what you should be doing there. Um, it's just hindsight is twenty twenty. All you can do is go out there and try again. Uh, probably the same. I mean, how many? How much time does Breeze have left? Does he, he have some more seasons in him? I mean, he's getting pretty old. He's got probably one or two. So I, I think you tell the same thing to the Saints you say to the Jags, right? I mean, you're close. Just go out there and try hard again next year, and maybe you'll get closer, you know? Well, they got a lot of young players. You just go out there. I mean, if you're the Still Jags, make a couple tweaks, and you... What do you think about... We were, this is a conversation yesterday, I think, and you said for the Jags, if you can get Manning, maybe you go that direction. But, I mean, do you really think Bortles is, is the problem there? Because I, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't the problem yesterday. Maybe in some games he is. I thought he, he did pretty well yesterday. He played well enough the past two games to sit there and make you say, you know what, maybe that gives him more confidence. Oh, he played well enough to have him in the playoffs, and they won their division. I mean, they had a yeah, good season. Yeah, really played pretty good the last two games. Yeah. Does that give him enough confidence to To just get to that and not you know, revert back to To kind of develop into the next level better. That defense is a year older, more experienced. Mm-hmm. Look at that whole team. I mean, Fournette's a rookie. I mean, yeah, you, I, I think you saw some great stuff out of some guys that they people think that maybe they reach for. I mean, Miles Jack made some great plays, that fumble recovery. The defense um, him good. You could maybe add a safety. That's a I think Jalen Ramsey was totally worth the first-round pick. Yeah, um, agree. Yeah, and Fournette, uh, I think, has a, a few more good seasons in him. What do you think about, about using Yeldon instead of Fournette on third downs? I think it dep- depends on what you're trying to do. They seem like they do it pretty much every every time. But yeah, I mean, I think Yeldon's a pretty good back too. But I yeah. just it, it just kind of seems like you're taking away statistically opportunities for Fournette to make a big game breaking play. But you know, it's a lot harder to do that in the NFL. I know, especially from the running back position. Yeah, um, he got some really tough yards. There is kind of my take: either what? a tight end or a. Mm-hmm. Uh, receiver. Feel bad for the Jags, though. They really want my aunt's a season ticket holder. I know she was upset. Um, they were they were completely amped up for that opportunity. But hey, I mean, it's better than they've done in I don't know how many years. Yeah, they haven't been in the AFC title game since uh, 
Cawthon was the coach. Right, yeah. Um, we talked about recruiting before the show started. It's it was Ole Miss had it had a big recruiting weekend. I think they're probably going to have another one this upcoming weekend. Maybe not as many targets. I have no idea, but they're going to be getting guys in. Um, it's it's hard to really say things are going really well, really bad. They did pretty well in the early signing period. Um, they're in on a lot of guys right now, but at the same time, you could see them missing on most of them. It's not inconceivable that they end up with a completely different close than a lot of people are projecting right now. Um, but still, overall, I think this class has an opportunity to be better than Freeze's last class last year. And once once signing day comes down, we're gonna we're gonna compare it to that. Um, in fact, and we're we're gonna get into that debate and i know john that that you you definitely think it, it makes the most sense to wait until after signing day to talk about it but i just kind of wanted to say you know we're we're aware of it we're following it there haven't been any commitments necessarily you know there's been a lot of intimations a lot of this and that i mean the targets that were in oxford this past weekend that i would be most excited about probably um four-star safety cam jones who is uh a lean towards nebraska probably if you're able to get him uh, he talked about his relationship with Mohamed Sanoga, who hosted him, and how great that was. I know we offered like a preferred walk-on to his teammates and stuff like that. Um, we ran on a couple of offensive linemen that visited. Um, that would be great. Uh, obviously, you, you need to get another wide receiver because after next season, your wide receiver core gets completely depleted. You're going to lose Demarcus Lodge, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, um, you know, obviously Van Jefferson's already gone. Uh, Markel Pack graduated this year, so I, I think next year, after next season, you're looking at Braylon Sanders, uh, Demarcus Gregory, Elijah Moore, and I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody because Trey Nixon left as well. I mean, you're really looking at a depleted group there. I mean, Dawson Knox, but he like, he plays tight end, right? But he's a receiver as well. I mean, it's it, it gets really scary after that. So. You already have Demarcus Gregory and uh, Elijah Moore signed. You really need two more, whether it's Tommy Bush, Miles Battle. Both those guys are very tall wide receivers. I think could be really good. I know there's somebody like a Michael Ezekiel or something like that. It's a possibility. Um, but it, it sounds weird to say we got to load up on wide receivers after as many as Ole Miss has recruited and how much they were known for stockpiling receivers under freeze. Um, but it's it's a real concern these next two classes uh, to kind of get some impact guys back or else you're going to completely lose that. What has been a strength since what? 2000, 2013 really when Laquan was a freshman um, yeah. or even before that, when Moncrief 2012 Moncrief, the wide receivers were a strength then too. So that's, I'm, I'm definitely watching wide receiver recruiting, always watching offensive line recruiting at running back, you know, wake me up when I'll miss sign someone that's actually going to transform that role. But it looks like they might get a Charles strong out of, Florida, um, I mean, I don't know a ton about Strong, but he's wanted by a lot of other big schools, so that's a good sign. Um, obviously, linebackers, but again, that's similar to running backs. Wake me up when Ole Miss, you know, signs someone that's really going to change the position at linebacker. But it sounds like they have some some possible targets on that. I mean, that's that's really all I know. You got anything hey. you want to add about recruiting, John? What's up? Jordan Wilkins was a competent SEC back, so yeah, his, I mean, his senior year, yeah, pretty good. So, Maybe I'll miss to find a competent linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Maybe so. We need to find him now and then he'll be competent in four years if he's on the Jordan Wilkins system. Yeah. 
no, I liked I, I liked Jordan, of course. He he was a good rebel and uh, had a great senior season. So congrats. Is he the him. good rebel of the week? Should we just start that now? Well, I think the good rebel of the week is Austin Miller for uh, going to the Arkansas game, wearing his old Miss gear, even though we all know he's an Arkansas fan. Um, he gets my vote for yeah. sure. But Jordan Wilkins is, is another contender for sure. Um, I am really racking my brain right now, John. It's been a pretty pretty slow time. I mean, basketball is normally the bread and butter this time of year, and we talked about that at the top of the show, just kind of plodding along, getting a win every every now and again. But for the most part, a lot of close losses have been the story of this season. Um, oh, they did beat they beat South Carolina as well. I'm not sure if we talked about that on the show. It was a few weeks ago. Um, so, the, yeah, I think we definitely did. We talked about how they won the national championship, but that Florida win was pretty good. Um, I just I've looked at the schedule. I don't I don't think that they're going to get to 20 wins this year, which has kind of been a a standard that AK kind of set for himself with how proud you know him and his media relations people were with the that's all the 20 win season. So. I mean, I think it's fitting that in this, what a lot of people think is his last season, although I don't believe that. Maybe we're not even going to get the 20 wins. There's there's a lot of hard games left from the schedule. They're sitting at like something like 12 and 10 right now, maybe 11 and 10. Not great. Um, pretty mediocre season. Talked about preseason baseball. Uh, that is coming up February 21st, something like that. Not preseason, but the actual season. We've talked about preseason rankings, I mean. Um, you know, Ole Miss getting some plaudits in the, in the baseball media, but... At the same time, that's that's rat poison for sure, as as Nick Saban would say. Um, we don't we don't need that. Uh, I really don't have I don't have any read on how good the baseball team is going to be. They're going to have good pitching, but that's that's kind of Bianco ball always. It doesn't really tell us anything about if they're going to be able to get over the, over the hump offensively. This baseball team is either. It feels like twenty was it twenty thirteen that had Wall and Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because twenty fourteen was Omaha, so it was the year before that. They had Wall and Myers. They had like twenty and ten pitching and a mediocre point mm-hmm. five hundred in the league. I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds like what we'll somewhere happen. around there, maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, if they can put have a decent offense, they can do better than that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It I is agree. kind. Of, it is kind of the roster that could get hot pitching wise and just shut people down and make a run through the postseason. I mean, it is. I think the pitching will be solid. I mean, you. I, I think some keys to the season, and this is not our our full-on preview, which we'll get into when we get closer and like break down some rosters and all, but it's off the top of my head, not looking at any rosters or anything. To me, the keys to the season are uh, obviously Fortes at first base. He was kind of your offensive spark last year. He has to continue through. Golson needs to keep doing what you know you can do. Ideally, you're able to get someone like Servideo, Servideo. I don't. We're gonna learn how to say it, but the but the probable second baseman who's a freshman, if someone like him could become your leadoff guy, let Will Golson bat, you know, second, third, somewhere in there. Um, that would be ideal. You need uh, you need uh, Olenek. Sorry, it's hard. You got to get back and saying all these names because I almost said Olenicek, the the pretty trash basketball player. Um, but no, we, you need you need Olenek to return to some of that freshman form with the offense and be really solid in the outfield. Um, and then uh, what's his face, the the left fielder that that is also a catcher. Um, he wears the elbow elbow braces. You know what I'm talking about. The we thought he was Cal Schwarber. 
early on last year. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but you need him to show a lot of pop and uh, really be impressive. I think if you're going to have like a a possible super regional Omaha level team, but the pitching will be there for sure. Tons of pitching. Uh, and and Cooper Johnson needs to hit like 240, ideally. Yeah, pretty much all these freshmen need to come in and. The, or the freshman last year, all the sophomores need to get notably better on offense. Yeah, and, and you want Cooper Johnson to, to be okay on offense, not just because you need it in your lineup, but also because it seems like when he was playing so poorly at the plate, it was kind of affecting his defense as well. And with this pitching staff, you would love to have Cooper Johnson just really dominating behind the plate, receiving to, to, to make them even better. So. I don't. I don't want anything to mess up that that battery relationship, and that includes Johnson at the plate. So, need him to to get singles, uh, you know, every couple games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm setting the bar low, John. I'm not. I'm not asking for that much uh, at the plate from Cooper. Um, no. Yeah. All right, so uh, should we should we call it there, John? I mean, we it's pretty much a show. Really, there's not just a hell of a lot going on. Yeah, sorry, we didn't have more interesting uh, topics okay, to discuss. Divorce from all this. But, um... The question is: Is it going to be a no fault divorce? Is it going to be messy? Like, what are we what are we talking here? Um, that that will be federal do something to screw with baseball at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, ooh, that's a good. I'm wondering what it's going to be. Does Jeff Vitter make it through 2018? I wonder his chance was Again, almost. again. And I said that we were going to figure this out, but I don't think we have. I don't know what even ha- like what the process even is for the IHL to remove him. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I've heard from people that maybe he's not that popular among What's that his group. Four-year contract, I would assume. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. The long- longest contract in the state is right. four years. Right, so that that would be the max for sure, I, and they probably would. Uh, well, it's only been two. I mean, because Dan Jones has didn't renew his, con- he chose not to renew his contract. Right, right. That's the easy, that's a easy way to get out of it, apparently. Um, so maybe that's what we're hoping for is what twenty nineteen, fall of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. They let his contract expire. I mean, it's a yeah. sad, it's a sad existence being an Ole Miss fan. Um, we're not going to tell you it's not, but, but will Ross Bjork? be around in fall. No, who, who lasts longer, Bjork or Vitter? It's a great question. Or Luke. I would love that bet. Bjork, Vitter, Luke. Who is in their Ooh. current job longer? Give me Matt Luke. So of the three, Matt Luke outlasts both of them as head coach. Yep. I'm going to take... It's really tough because it seems like if Luke is fired, they are probably fired Bjork as well. So I'm tempted to take Bjork because, for whatever reason, the Ole Miss fan base thinks he's great still, a lot of them. But I don't really know why. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe it's Luke. Um, or maybe, you know, and I think the reason we're not saying this is because we don't want it to be true, but maybe it's the cockroach vitter. He can't be killed. He just lives forever as chancellor, and this is our life now. Um, hard to say. You know, only time will tell. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about it as these uh, – as these things hopefully happen, you know, if we're talking about Vitter not being the chancellor anymore, but we'll see. And obviously we'll be talking about Matt Luke's tenure following that along. You know, we've been keeping our eye on his first recruiting class. I think, I think still definitely exceeding expectations so far. Um, is Matt Luke as head coach 
Um, maybe not so much with his staff, which I think a lot of people would. Oh, oh, we sh- we didn't talk about that, John. There's there's new coaches on staff. There's uh Charles Clark is back at Ole Miss as the cornerback coach. What do you say? We talked about Chuck Clark. Oh, okay. Well, then we def- we didn't talk about the guy from Troy. That's the linebacker coach because that's recent. Or yeah, Troy, right? Troy and Tulane. Those are his. his two we hired a linebacker coach. Yeah. It's really it really wasn't a splashy hire at all, so it kind of deserves this uh, this treatment at the end of the show here. But, Wait, uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna research this live. Let's see. Okay, yeah, let's see what you can find here. Yeah, we well, hired. I went over to A and M, which isn't really a big deal. No, it's interesting. I mean, it kind of says that Pavito is not a bad coach. I mean, or not a bad recruiter at least. Did you find the guy's name? I don't even know what it is. I'm I'll look. Ole Miss linebacker coach. Oh, that's so funny, dude. When you search for it, it pulls up the article about hiring Pavito, but it was also about hiring Matt Lubick. Do you remember that? He was on staff for like a month or less. Less, I think. And he was replaced by Peeler. So Lubick and Trey Scott both left at the same time, right? What are you saying, John? John Summerall, that's the guy's name. John Summerall, yeah, that sounds right. Passion, energy, and toughness will make him a great fit for our staff. That's such a generic quote. Z Z Z Z snooze fest, dude. What a what a boring quote. Oh, special teams. Mm-hmm. Actually, no shit. Like having this guy coach special teams makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I love for our special teams to get better. Good so. Friend. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Um, all right, so yeah, that's our. Uh, we've now talked about the new linebacker coach. Uh, do not, do not. Do can, dude, hey, stars what? don't matter as long as these kids are Mississippi made. That's all we need. <laughs> that's all that matters. Absolutely, that's our. That's our podcast. I mean, that's our philosophy on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, if state a copy. Luke's thing directly should should Ole Miss just come out with a uh, need something just directly mocking like State being an ag school or something. I mean, and that's it's funny to say that, but at the same time, didn't Ole Miss pretty much copy this as our state whenever Ole Miss won the Egg Bowl to troll them? I mean, is it really that different to say? I don't know. I mean, the difference is that uh, that State copied Mississippi made after an Egg Bowl loss, which is a little bit more pathetic mm-hmm. um, and less ironic. Um, We'll have plenty more time to talk about that, and uh, we can talk about state at some point in the future too. Old uh, Joe Moorhead, the Yankee, trying to, to close the class up for them. Um, that should be a fun time for everybody involved. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll wrap up the podcast for this week. There uh, talked about a lot without really talking about anything at all. So a little yeah, normal podcast basically. Um, but of course, if you listen to the show, we appreciate it. You can follow us on all the relevant social medias, uh, subscribe on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Um, listen on SoundCloud, uh, where the where the podcast is hosted now. Um, it's a really nice little interface, easy way to listen. If you if you're not an Apple guy, you don't you don't have the podcast app or whatever. I'd say SoundCloud app is the next best option. Uh, it's a nice listening experience. Definitely suggest that. But uh, like I said again, thanks for listening, guys. I'll take us out now. For John, I'm Justin. Uh, We'll talk to you again next week.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.